0: Welcome to this episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR, the podcast dedicated to confusing you, relaxing you, and ultimately putting you to sleep. You may wonder where is this going today, and I couldn't tell you, I don't know, I'm just as lost as you are, so confused so many questions, and just from the start I don't see why not. See, the one thing I'm not confused by is how great it is to sleep on a Helix mattress every night. It's not confusing. It's not a joke to sleep on a bad mattress. We spend 88% of our life sleeping. Trust me on that stat. So why wouldn't you invest in the best mattress possible? You've heard me talk about Helix before, but if you don't know about them, let me introduce you to the number one mattress for 2019 and 2020. Point to GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix offers custom mattresses that adapt to you and your sleep preferences. Soft, medium, firm mattresses for any body type and sleep preference. It's very easy, very fun. Visit helixsleep.com slash relax, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And they have a 10-year warranty plus 100 night trial, so if somehow you don't love it, you can just pretend it never happened. But I doubt that'll be the case. I took their sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix Dusk mattress, a medium-feel mattress that offers just the right feeling for me and my sleep preferences. Something too soft would leave me sore, something too firm would leave me sore but the dust mattress allows me to sleep in any position and get a great night's rest. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners by visiting helixsleep.com/relax. That's all you got to do. You go to helix h e l i x sleep.com/relax for up to $200 off. Take their sleep quiz invest in your sleep, 88% of our lives we're sleeping, I'm, tr- I'm sure that's a stat, so come on, helixsleep.com relax, it's well worth it, enjoy, but look, we uh, continue on the journey, on the route of confusion, I sometimes say route, sometimes root, like a root from a plant, or tree I had a friend of mine that once well, instead of saying one as in I want a tournament and that's a different word isn't it that can also because I, I sometimes say tournament and then I've heard others say tournament but there's one friend of mine we were playing in a tournament or tournament depending on how you want to say it and we actually won that tournament tournament And when you would ask him, he wouldn't say, we won it. With that kind of tinge of W at the beginning to distinguish, he would say, we won it. O-N-E. Completely indistinguishable. It's just these words that you don't really know what you're, you know, is it route? Is it root? No one says tomato unless you're from the UK. So I always think that that's a very silly example. Route, root, tournament tournament 1-1 in the case of this friend, and we did win that tournament, tournament, tournament it was actually a basketball competition, believe it or not you didn't know that I was multifaceted, you didn't know that I could play on a winning basketball side and also confuse you to sleep anyone that knows me on a personal level knows that It's not that surprising, actually. It's a very silly observation. By my part, I know. But I wonder how many botanists are able to determine what plants are so easily, like, and how. I took a rainforest tour several years back, and uh, the botanist, she was so great at pointing out the different types of plants and flowers. And aside from the obvious, such as different sizes and colors they all look exactly the same to me sorry I don't know if that's politically incorrect and I'm not going to get involved in politically incorrect things it's not my style I don't go out of my way to figure out what to say to get a feeling or a rise out of people you know I hold a similar opinion of arborists my uh family members, neighbors, husbands, cousins, twice removed, uncle, fact, check me on that, he's an arborist, and, uh, same deal, telling me about trees, oak and spruce, and this and that, and I'm just thinking, how, I suppose trees are easier to know the difference between, because, you know, they come in much different shapes and sizes, different kind of leaves on them, but, all the same to me. And I know, again, I don't want to be politically incorrect. All trees and all plants look the same to me. I'm sorry. But I'm the opposite. I want to help you to just chill and relax. The fact a nonsensical podcast with nonsensical rambles helps you relax, well, it helps me relax. Because helping you gives me that sense of pride and joy lets me know I'm doing a very small part, but a part, nonetheless, to help others enjoy their nights a bit more than usual. And I'm a big believer that we should all strive to do our part. Maybe you like to pick up trash. Maybe you like to tell jokes. Maybe you like to call people that you know are lonely. We all have our part. Let's play that part. I hope you sleep. And I guess it's also me serving myself because it gives me a sense of pride and joy in routine. Routines help me tremendously in being able to settle down and get into the mood for ultimate rest. The Helix mattress does most of the work, I will admit that. But having a plan and executing it helps me to go to bed with a certain peace of mind. Sometimes routines can get in the way. They can create some anxiety. That'll happen to me from time to time. I'll feel tired or get caught up and busy with life, but then my brain will tell me, follow the routine. That then will make me rush through other activities so that I can say to myself, to my brain, I have accomplished the things in my routine that I've set before me pretty counterintuitive counterproductive counter Counter anything if you think about it counterattack it you gotta counterattack your brain because you know in your head that you know in reality you know in your heart at least and it depends who you try to listen to most are you listening mostly to your brain or your heart and then you have to throw in the gut some of us listen mostly to our gut. How do you make the distinction when to listen to your heart versus your head versus your gut? It's hard to tell. I try to make most of my decisions, I think, with my head while consulting the heart and the gut. But sometimes I'm very stubborn. Sometimes my gut will give me an intuition about something. And since when do guts give intuitions about anything? Mine does. I'm sure your does. My heart gives you know, it plays mostly on compassion and you know, kindness and hey, do this favor for someone. They need the help, you know. But then my head will tell me, my brain will tell me this person also made a conscious decision to put themselves in this position where now they need help. And no, I'm not talking about homeless people. I always give something to homeless people. I mean, people around me that I know on a personal level that I know, you know, I'll give you a great example so you don't think I'm an absolute terrible person, you know, during my time at college or uni, as Canadians like to say, I had this one friend of mine, great friend, fantastic friend, the best. And uh, he would always wait until the last minute to do assignments, but he knew that in my manic mind, my routine oriented way of being that I would always have the assignment ready, well before it was due rather than my friend making the decision to do things with time, do it with patience with care, with honor, with dignity, with diligence with anything, instead it was like a circus with him, he'd leave it to the last few hours, so what would my Beloved, dear, great friend, do, he would consult with me, not so that I could share my assignment, but so that I could basically function as a consultant to help him complete his assignment. And so, again, my brain, my heart is telling me, look, do nice things for good people. And he was a good guy. He's a very kind person. He meant well. He just had no sense of time management, he had no sense of how to prioritize anything in his life, so that's my heart pulling at me, my gut isn't flaring up, because my gut knows that this guy is a quality person, so it's no longer an issue about, you know, is my gut giving me an intuition about this person or not, but then my brain would always kick in and say, look, he has to learn eventually that you can't leave important assignments until the last minute to complete, you know. Ultimately, I would, in every case, offer to help him because I was thinking more with my heart, letting my heart do the leading. My brain knew, this guy has got to learn, he means, well, good guy, smart guy. But he's just terrible at time management. He needs to understand the consequences. And he needs to understand. He cannot rely. I felt like I was sometimes aiding. In someone's bad habits. But yes. Ultimately my heart is doing most of the thinking. And I executed with. You know. That in mind. With the mind of the heart that is. Because. I knew that if I do something good for people it's also good for me it's good for the world and I think it helps others I think he is now a kinder person because he understands how kind I was to help him out that's the idea at least the gut has led me the gut gets mostly involved in business transactions and quote-unquote investments that people have wanted to wrangle me into. The one very clearly I remember going back to college or uni, once again, as my dear Canadian listeners like to refer it as. At that time, look, I was a very naive child, person, adult thing, probably still am, but... uh, There was this multi-level marketing scam going on around campus and other campuses at that time. And I'll run through now why, if you think about it in retrospect, why it was so obvious. The answer was always no, you shouldn't join. Anyway, another good friend of mine, not the friend that I've been helping with assignments, but a different friend, got involved with this multi-level marketing thing. They would sell telecom, and um, I think it was telecom and some other kind of services. They would basically broker services for, like, phone lines and electric bills, which is kind of silly. You know, basically they would sell you electricity that you could just get from cheaper directly from your provider. You know, whatever state or province you're in. And the same would apply to, let's say, phone bills. Because it's not like what uh, brand ambassadors or sponsorship deals do, which is, you know, brands will offer an exclusive offering to listeners of this podcast and other kind of forms. In this case, they would basically just sell you, let's say, a cell phone plan from, I don't know, any provider. And they would just mark it up by 20 or 30 percent and... You know The way they made most of their money is like any multi-level marketing is, which is they would add uh, recruits into their pipeline or network, whatever they're called nowadays, and that person would receive a kickback or commission. But I remember, because these guys have their sales pitch down, it's so refined, right? It's so well de- refined and defined and all, all of it. Um... And this friend of mine invites me to a presentation. I go to the presentation. Everyone is exceptionally polite. They do the presentation. Very professional. It all makes sense. All the numbers. And they they pitch you about this idea of, hey, look at all this money that you could be making. So my logical mind, not understanding multi-level marketing at that time yet, um, was thinking, You know, the numbers and what they're saying make sense, assuming they're true. And I tend to skew on the side of those that are positive and have trust in people. But then my gut was thinking, hold on, something might be wrong here. Of course, what happens at the end of the presentation is they want you to sign something, they want you to pay on the spot because they know that they have crafted a very well put together, Presentation that theoretically should get you really excited to go ahead and give the money today so that you can make money, right? I remember my one friend that made the introduction, he had already signed up, of course, so he was now trying to get us to pay. Not such a good friend, if you think about it. But he brought along, I think, five other friends, and two of us signed and paid and got involved on the spot. I said, let me think about it. Because my gut was telling me, hmm, not sure about this. Go back to my dorm at this time. We were freshmen, 18 years old. Talked to my roommate about it. And my roommate had a little bit more life experience than me. And he said, hey, what these guys are pitching you, it's called a multi level marketing company. They're mostly, if not all, total scams. Uh, Look it up. And then he said, think about it. Why would they go to campuses? You know, unsupervised children, basically. In the case of 17 and 18-year-olds, first time living outside their house. They're ambitious. They're dumb. They're hungry for a taste of life. You know, why would they come here? Why don't they go to um, conferences? Why don't they advertise anywhere else? Makes sense. They want gullible, young adults, impressionable, that might have a little bit of exposable income, at least enough to cover the bill for the commission that whoever introduced them would get. And so even though at the time my logical brain couldn't quite wrap its head around what was wrong with the pitch and the presentation and the crap that it was being told by this people in this organization my gut told me you need to reconsider and then of course once I had a bit more information I said no so again it's all about are you leading with your head are you leading with your heart are you leading with your gut you know which one do you, you know, but look it's also unrealistic because one must be flexible where is the middle where is the straight path to the truth. The fastest way to any place is the straightest path, although the path least traveled is typically most interesting. That's a poem by Robert Frost, or no, that's actually... It's actually the, the road not taken. That's the poem. My grandfather always said, you must be flexible in life, and at that time, When I was having a temper tantrum, I would get upset and say that I wasn't physically flexible and therefore I did not want to be emotionally flexible. It is a stupid argument I made as a kid when I would throw fits, And everybody has or had them. I think of the things that have gotten me upset. I've been upset over getting only one croissant instead of two as part of my breakfast. I was 12 years old. I remember getting upset about not having enough sweet and sour when I ordered my nuggets. I was 12 years old as well. And that happened on a couple of occasions. I just don't see why they're so stingy with the sweet and sour. Personally, for every five nuggets, you should have one sweet and sour, in my opinion. Certainly, most of my dumbest tantrums have come in the form of myself when I was 12 years old. And surrounding food. What can I say? I've always associated food with comfort in many ways and when you mess with my food I am prone to outbreaks of anger and very 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 rarely rage which lasts about 10 seconds then nothing happens. You know, last time that's the way it happened. It's basically a story with no start or end as far as I'm concerned. And that reminds me of the Netflix movie I saw recently, The Last Thing He Wanted. What a gem of a film, let me tell you. It stars Anne Hathaway and Ben Affleck. And you may be wondering, that doesn't ring a bell. Did they advertise it? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Are you making this up? Well, it's a film about um, a journalist. And It's too hard to really tell you what happens from that point. Oh, and Willem Dafoe is in there, by the way. Willem Dafoe. So, really a superstar cast by any reasonable standard, and it's just a gem of a disaster. Shot super well, in my opinion, but the story, I don't know where it started or it ended. Just watch the movie and go into it with the idea that you're watching a movie that is so bad that it's kind of fun. By the middle of it so have fun with it You know, food is probably a comfort for many and when people say they don't understand other habits and addictions for example smoking I can definitely understand because I think just about everyone has them minus food and coffee if I don't have a coffee by a certain part of the day my brain starts ringing the alarm and letting me know And I get obsessed with getting up and making coffee. So, again, I can understand that. And for others, it just manifests in different ways. Unless your discipline is at the absolute max, the highest levels of discipline, or perhaps you're the type of person that doesn't have an addictive personality, but I tend to think most of us have some form of addictive personality. Others bounce from extremes to extremes. I have a very good friend who may be listening, and if you are, what's up, buddy? But he goes from this crazy hedonistic lifestyle where he's partying and living up on the beach, living the vita Loca, and then the next moment he decides he wants to be a Buddhist monk and live his life without temptation and living with total selflessness. Two very far extremes, if you ask me. But with that in mind... I'm going to go ahead and dismount this very confusing ramble with no beginning, middle, or end. I hope I've helped you relax or sleep just a little bit. I want to thank Helix again for sponsoring this episode. Remember, helixsleep.com relax. Get that $200 off. Get those two free pillows. You will not regret it. Fantastic brand. And uh, they make some amazing products. As always, if you have any questions, comments, reach out. Hello at SleepAndRelaxASMR.com That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening, and take care.